Man, I'm so grateful uh, to Michelle. Emailed her and Eric this week and just said, thank you so much for being willing to share your story. Um, that song says, look at all the lonely hearts shivering out in the dark, hiding from the truth, covering up the proof. Demons that I've tried to hide imprison me in my own lies. And all that I can do is cover it up. Cover up the proof. Secrets got me torn apart, trying to destroy my heart, but I can see the light. It's cutting through. Um, <clears throat> here's, here's what I know, you guys. Um, if you're going to believe in Jesus at all, he said more than anybody else that we're in a battle. That there really is a spiritual enemy. And my favorite verse, John 10, 10, he starts off and says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then the good news, right, but I have come so that you could have life. And here's what we know. There's not a soul in this room. Some of you today, you've walked in here, and you are absolutely hiding. You really are. You're scared to death of the reality that is your own life. And you're doing everything you can to make sure that everybody doesn't know the reality of who you are. And that is heavy. And it's scary. And it's tough. And if that's not you today, if you're, if you're here today and you're not struggling with either something that you've done in the past or really struggling with what you did last night, um, you know somebody. I know this. I know you know somebody who's really struggling. This was uncanny today. I just... I happened, I usually, I, I'm just usually really busy in the morning, but waiting for my coffee, I, I, there was an ESPN magazine laying there. So I just opened it up and looked in the headings, and there was a story of a 19-year-old girl, pictures of a beautiful girl, incredibly successful, full-ride scholarship, running track, tons of friends. You would look at her life, and you would know, all you would think, she's got everything she needs. She's doing fantastic. Instagram, right? Instagram showed nothing but all the fun she was having and how she was doing. Everybody looks at that life and she was covering it all up. Long story short, I didn't get to even read the whole article, but just in the first few pages. 19-year-old girl with all of this stuff runs off the top of a nine-story building and kills herself. And all of her family and all of her friends are going, what? And so we're in this series. <laughs> and it's called Get Your Life Back. And we started it off by saying you got to give in. If you're going to get your life back, the first thing you got to do is you got to quit trying on your own. You got to accept the fact that you're a human being. And all of us have stuff that we can't overcome on our own. Second message was after you give in, then you look up. Because there really is a God who knows everything, who cares deeply and intimately, and actually has the power to overcome. So you got to give in, then you got to look up, and then you got to let go. It was last week. You've, eventually, you can know all that, but eventually, you got to like just surrender everything, so that this God can actually get in and be able to make the difference in your life. The problem is, all of us in this room. We've already done quite a bit of living. And in all that living, we've made mistakes, we have regrets, we've caused a lot of pain either to ourselves or to other people. 
And, and, and it is these actions that have developed these patterns that now we're all trying to get over. And today, what we're going to talk about is there is a power. <laughs> and it's unbelievably, as, as God is trying, I just know, man, he wants to speak to every single one of us. And just my own week this week, the conversations that God allowed me to have with other people, and then my own personal experience, just this week, just yesterday, <laughs> made me realize something before I give this message to you. We're going to talk today about coming clean. Coming clean. The only way that you and I can get over this stuff in our life, the only way that we can get over the stuff that's, that's stealing, because and it's not always suicide, right? It's not steal, kill, and destroy. Sometimes it's just, I want to destroy your marriage. <laughs> Sometimes I, would, I, want to steal your, I want to steal your joy. I want to rob you of your peace. There's lots of different ways that we all struggle in this thing. But for us to have victory, you guys, we actually have to come clean. And here's what I realized. This is really hard. It's a lot easier to give a message about coming clean than it is to actually come clean. And I just want to let you know, if you're going to do, like Jesus said, don't just listen to my word. Do what it says, and then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if you want freedom today, it is yours, man. We have been praying for you, that every soul would walk in this room. And if you're bound, and if you're heavy, and if you're burdened, and if your world is dark, that you will walk out of here free. How's that sound? All right, then let's pray right now, and let's ask God to do it. God, we are so grateful for your word that says it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Jesus, you came to save us and to set us free. Lord, you know every heart today. You know every secret. You know every secret thing that we're hiding. You know every ounce of shame. You know any guilt and heaviness that's in this room. And I know from your word that you want to set every one of us in this room free. So I'm just asking right now that you just make your word really clear and that you come and do what only you can do. Thank you, God, for your great love for us. And Lord, as you already, I just pray you'd already begin to stir each heart in this room and bring into the light, even in their own heart and in their own mind, the thing that they've been hiding and give them hope right now that you want to set them free. And I ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So here's what we know. <clears throat> every action that we do, everything that you do as a human being is moved by, there's a motive, there's an emotion that kind of drives you to do that action. And every motive, every emotion is triggered by a thought. You think certain things and it makes you feel something and that causes you to act. So many of us in this room, so if you're hiding today, that's your action, <laughs> okay? If you're hiding today, if you're, if you're blocking stuff off, and not living in the light, that's your action. 
And usually that's, not, no, that is, sorry, not usually, it is motivate, motivated by an emotion. And usually that emotion is what? Take a guess. Yeah, you got, well, you, well, we all did that in chorus. That was beautiful. You know it, right? It's fear. So we have this emotion of fear that causes us to be a hide. And the reason we feel the emotion is because we think that if anybody would actually see who I really am, I'm toast. <laughs> if anybody would know me, they would judge me and they would run away from me. And my, I would be so, talk about lonely. <laughs> see, that's what we think. And the problem is, many of us think that's true about God, too. We actually have thoughts that if we have problems and if we have sins that we can't get over, we think that God is ready to absolutely condemn us and to judge us. And so what happens is you actually believe something. and Because every thought that you have is actually triggered by a belief. And what you believe is that you must perform. And if you don't, then you think everybody's going to judge you and leave you. And that causes you to fear, and so you're hiding. <laughs> and so we got to get to the core of our belief. What do you believe about God? What do you believe right now today about God with the stuff that you're hiding, with the sin and the shame and the guilt? Because what you believe about God causes you to think the same things. I think he's mad at me. I think he's angry at me. I think he's sick of me. I think he's tired of me. And so then we end up feeling really afraid and we actually hide from God. Isn't that funny? Yeah, this is really funny, right? Because somehow we think God can't see. And yet he knows everything. So here's our passage for today for our freedom. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. And I want to tell you, man, 28 years, 30 years being a Christian, this is one of these passages that I go to. I don't care, man. I, I have to go to this regularly. If you're a Christian at all, know this one, okay? You're going to need it. Here we go. Starting with verse 5. This is the message that we have heard from him and declared to you, that God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and don't live out the truth. For if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all our sin. If we claim to be without sin, we lie. <laughs> we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Okay, you guys notice a theme here? There's a lot of lying going on, right? There's a lot of lying going on. And sometimes we're deceiving ourselves Sometimes we're lying to each other, and sometimes it says we're actually calling God a liar. There's a whole lot of lying going on. Isn't this interesting, right? Because what did Jesus say? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he is the father of lies. Jesus said when he lies, he speaks his native language. 
So what he's doing all the time, if you were here last year, we did a whole series on spiritual warfare, that there is a war for your soul, and almost all spiritual warfare takes place right here. Because if the enemy can get you to believe stuff that's not true, then you get goofy thoughts. And if you have goofy thoughts, it causes wrong emotions, and those emotions cause bad behavior. So we got to go all the way back to what you believe. We got to get away from these lies. Here's the first one. We got four things we got to bust through here today. And man, I'm telling you, your freedom is here. Anybody want some freedom? Yeah. I'm telling you, it is yours. This is not a theory, this is reality. Number one, don't buy the lie that life exists in darkness. Don't buy the lie that life exists in darkness, right? And we all know this, right? You need the sun. I love how God created stuff physically to help us understand some spiritual realities. And one of the truths is, man, if a plant doesn't get the sun, it dies. If you don't have to, we need the sun. 1 John 1, 5 says this. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and in him... There's no darkness at all. And I just want to say, you guys, this is really good news. <laughs> this is really good news. Aren't you glad that we don't have a God who can get in a bad mood? Aren't you glad that God isn't like fickle and like one day he's going to do this and the next day he's going to be like, but we think he's like that. He loved me last year, but he doesn't love me this year. Right? Well, here's what's cool. God is light. And light, all the time in scriptures, is a couple things. One is, it's reality. Light always means truth. It means what's really true, what's real. And you guys know that, right? You can be in a completely dark room, and if you are, you are left to wonder what's in there. But with God, he's the light. When you get restored into relationship with God, he opens our eyes to reality. That's a good thing, to actually know what is true. But light is also descriptive of everything that's right, everything that's good, everything that's productive. It is the love and the joy and the peace. Light is what's right. There's nothing restrictive. There's nothing destructive in God, and that is really good news. So what is sin? Sin is always equated with darkness. Sin, you guys, is anything which is not of God. If God is light, then anything that's not light, if he's everything that's right, it's what's wrong. If it's what's productive, this is what's destructive. And so sin is what's crazy. I remember years ago my sister saying something that helped me so much. She goes, when I think about sin, Dave, basically sin is just anything you do that either hurts you or it hurts the people around you. And if you think about it, if it's hurting you or hurting the people around you, sin is always destroying our relationships. So sin is what, it's just what, what we don't want to do. But So don't buy the lie here that life exists in darkness. Because in verse 6 it says, if we claim to have fellowship with God. Okay? Now fellowship, right? I always joke about this. How many of you this last week at work used the word Fellowship. Hey, guys, let's go fellowship at the bar, right? Well, the word fellowship is a churchy word. But what the word means is joint participation. It means when two people are coming together on something. 
And what he says is, if you claim to have joint participation with God, in other words, if you claim to have fellowship with God, to really know God, and yet you walk in the darkness, we lie. And the truth isn't in us. We don't live out the truth. So you guys, this is huge. We gotta understand this. The darkness here, there's two things. The darkness of the present, okay? There's a darkness in our own present living. Eternal life, what is it? We've been talking about this a lot the last six months. Eternal life does not mean you do get to, ho- you go- you do get to go to heaven, but it doesn't mean just going to heaven. Jesus said eternal life is when you know me, when you know the one true God. And to know God, it means you bring him into your life. It is not know about God. He's not interested necessarily in you knowing about him. <laughs> he wants you to know him. And again, the only way I know my wife intimately is because she's in my life and I'm engaged in her life. We have joint participation. And Jesus says, that's eternal life. And so, if that's true, I had a a person this week tell me, I I won't go into the details at all, but I had someone tell me, I know that I'm living in sin, but I'm clinging to the cross. I'm living in sin, but I'm clinging to the cross. And I just had to very gently and respectfully go, I don't think you can do both of those. If you're living in sin, choosing deliberately to do what is wrong, but clinging to the cross, you're claiming to have fellowship with God, and yet you're walking in darkness. And in him is no darkness at all. He can't have fellowship with it so here's the other thing in romans chapter 6 paul says if you're a christian you've died to sin how can you live in it any longer and so for some of you what you need to hear today don't buy the lie that life can exist in darkness so if you're struggling today and you don't have joy and peace and fullness in life one of the options could be maybe that's because right now You're buying the lie that you can continue just to sin willfully and deliberately and have fellowship with God. Doesn't happen. But here's the thing that hit me this week. Not only is there the darkness of the present, there's the darkness of the past. And this is the one where I feel like many of us really struggle. I had a conversation yesterday with a guy, there's another pastor in the area, who had told... He, he was so messed up in drugs before he found Christ that he literally messed up his brain to the point where he can't remember anything. And so, and he was talking to another guy who goes, yeah, I, same thing, I can't remember anything either. And, and Eric was just sharing, he's like, so what happened is, he goes, I actually just started asking God over and over and over again, would you please give me back my memory? And he did. And I just started laughing, I'm like, oh my gosh, when I became a Christian, I actually asked God, to get rid of my memory. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Susie, will you throw me that water? It's, I, I did. There was a time when I was young, right after I received Christ, where I had so much shame and so much guilt for all the stuff that I did. I had said no to God for so long. It had done so many things that he didn't want me to do. That I remember um, in my tradition I grew up in, we had altars at the front of the church. And at the end of the service, you could come down and kneel at the altar. And I remember one time, man, I was on, my, I was on both knees 
And I was just sobbing. I'm like, oh, God, please. My memory was killing me. And this guy came down. He put his arm around me, and he, he said, man, can I pray for you? And he goes, what, what do you want to pray for? And I'm like, and I looked him right in the eye, and I said, could God erase my memory? And I meant it. I was going to have faith to believe that he could. And this guy looked at me, and he goes, no. I'm like, what good did this do then? No. But here's what's cool. God doesn't have to erase your memory to make you be free. In fact, it is my memory that allows me to have compassion for others. I know what it is to be stuck in sin. I know what it is to say no to God for a long time. And I'm actually grateful because I also know what it is to be free. So, the first thing we got to understand is we can't buy the lie that life exists in darkness. And for some of you, your darkness is the fact that you don't feel forgiven for something you've done a long time ago. And I believe today, May 3rd, 2015, Jesus Christ wants to set you free. Secondly, don't buy the lie that you have no sin. See, because what happens is, sometimes it's like we're so stuck in sin, we want God and I can't get over this thing, that then we'll start buying the lie, well, it's not really sin. And we'll just start, well, I'm just going to justify this because this hurts too much and I just need to know that I'm okay. But listen to 1 John 1, 8. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. So if we actually get to the point where we're like, well, I'm not that bad of a person, right? I'm a good guy. You deceive yourself. And then verse 10 says, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word isn't in us. So the first thing we got to understand is, hey, don't buy the lie that, you can, that life is, is, it can be happen in darkness. But then the second thing is, don't start getting duped into thinking, well, there's really not sin. It's not true. So for some of us in here, our consciences, one word is it gets seared, it kind of gets, gets hard. And so we, we start not being sensitive any, anymore when the Holy Spirit kind of helps us to say, hey, you shouldn't do that. Some of us have so convinced ourselves we're okay or that God doesn't care about our sin that we, that we, just, we just keep doing it. And the Bible says, man, if you, if you claim you don't have sin, you're actually lying to who? Yourself. And then if you ever get to the point where it's like, hey, this sin thing is just a bunch of hogwash. Well, now who have you called a liar? God. <laughs> like, okay, so we need to understand that we're sinful. In, in Galatians chapter 5, it kind of goes through the list. Let me, let me just help us out here. He goes, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, and all of us have these, the results are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. So any sexual stuff that gets outside of marriage, that moves us into stuff, that's following stuff that God says, no, no, no. Idolatry, sorcery, hostility. Listen to these. Because <laughs> sometimes in the church, we're like, yeah, we get the sex sin. You're the bad people. 
Now, I can quarrel and be jealous and have outbursts of anger and be selfish, but that's okay. Come on. Is that not true? My goodness. The church is usually just full of this right here. Quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, and division. <laughs> Sometimes you want to go, Thank, welcome to church. You guys, we need to understand, if you are selfish in your heart, if you have bitter envy, if you are angry and you don't forgive people and you're judgmental, that is the sinful nature and it's killing us. He goes on to say, and drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So here's what I just want to tell you. <clears throat> if you're involved in that kind of stuff, I know that sometimes we just feel like, hey, it's okay to do that. I can live in that way, and I can be, have God's joint participation with me. And what the Bible is telling you this morning, what Jesus wants to reveal to you, i got to tell you the truth. If you just deliberately live in that, you aren't having fellowship with God. You can, you, can, you can call it whatever you want. You can go to church and not have fellowship with God. Okay? It's really important. Now, for some of us, though, this, on, this, on the other side, some of us don't have a seared conscience, like a hard one. Some of ours is so weak. Some of our consciences are so hypersensitive. And when you sin, you're like, oh, my God. You know, you just... You just carry a whip in the glove compartment, right? You're just like, just any time, it's like, man, every time you blow it, you just, I'm, I'm horrible, I'm a sinner. And what the Bible is saying, I know. <laughs> right? I mean, if you claim you don't have sin, you're lying. So what that does for me and what it can do for you, if you're feeling like you always have to be good all the time, and you have to be perfect in all your behavior every time, the Bible is saying, who do you think you are, Jesus? Because he's the only one. So this is actually a really important verse for me, if I start beating myself up because I sinned. Because the Bible says, you are. If you don't, you're a liar too. So, this is so important. Some of you need to admit today to God that you're sinning. Okay? You just need to be able to do that. But I want to tell you, here's the other thing. As much as I know I sin, a follower of Christ will never embrace it. If you sin, don't embrace it. Struggle with it. Fight against it. If you embrace it, then you start walking in it. And if you're walking in it, he says, now we're not having fellowship anymore. And that, if you don't have fellowship with God, you don't have life. So, number one, don't buy the lie that life exists in darkness. Number two, don't buy the lie, sorry, that you have no sin. Now, here's number three, and this is where it gets good. Don't buy the lie that you can't come clean. Oh. Don't buy the lie that you can't come clean. So here's what, if, you're, if your conscience is kind of hard, don't buy the lie that you'll, that you'll always be that way. Some of you actually right now, you just think, I'm always going to be this way. I'm always going to be anxious. I'm always going to be filled with fear. I'm always going to be bitter. I'm always going to be angry. I'm always going to be addicted. I'm always going to be this. No! That's a lie too. And here's the thing, if you believe that, 
then you're thinking thoughts that you don't have hope. It makes you feel despaired, and you're just, you give up. Man, don't buy the lie that you can't come clean. If you have a super sensitive conscience to sin, don't buy the lie that you can't be forgiven. I want to tell you today, man, every one of you in this room, whatever it is that you have done, and I'm telling you whether it was 10 years ago or last night, <laughs> you can be forgiven. Write down this verse, man, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If you've never memorized a verse, this is a good one because you're going to need it. And it's if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He will forgive you and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now this is so funny because why are we so scared to confess our sin? Why? Because we believe some things that are goofy. <laughs> if you believe, you go to God with your sin, and he goes, I knew it. Whack. <laughs> I mean, if that's what you're thinking, well, run from that God. By the way, that God doesn't exist. Isn't that good news? That's a lie from the pit of hell. Man, if that's what you believe, you're not going to confess it. If you really believe that he will forgive you and that he will cleanse you. Now, here's what I want to say. I know most of the reason that we're so scared to confess our stuff is not because probably this, but because of what we've experienced here. If I dare let anybody know what's really going on, those people usually do turn and they judge. Man, that is not God. Here's the key, you guys. God is faithful and what? Let's all say this. God is faithful and just. Notice it doesn't say that God is faithful and merciful. So what that means is, it's not like Jesus goes to God and says, Hey, Father, will you please forgive him? Just, just, just give Dave one more try, okay? I know he's, he's pretty messed up. But just can you just one more time? And that God doesn't go up there and go, Well, you know, I'm pretty merciful. All right, I'll give him one more shot. The problem is, if that's what you believe, then you're always going to wonder, when's God going to wear out? When's it going to be too many times? And some of you are buying the lie right now that you've done it too many times. But God isn't faithful and merciful to forgive you, is he? This is going to freak you out. God does not forgive you because he loves you. He does not forgive you because he loves you. He forgives you. Because Jesus already took all the punishment for your sin. God is faithful and, say it, just. Which means if he's already punished your sin once, if he punished you again, would he be just? No. So now, he doesn't forgive you because he loves you, but he loves you so much that he gave you Jesus who absorbed your punishment so you never have to fear being punished by God again. Now, is that not good news? That's what you have to believe when you sin. And I'm telling you, man, this is hard work. Because when you sin, man, the enemy just hops on with all of his tail and he's like, <laughs> he just digs in with you loser. Can't believe you did that again. 
I often feel like I sit in the witness stand and the prosecuting attorney just drills me with what I did wrong and I'm sitting there and what I have to do, I have to agree with him. Yeah, there's good evidence against me. And then I love this because then what if, when I'm in my right mind, when I'm believing what's true, is when the, I look over here and the defense attorney's just blitzing me with everything I've done wrong and then I glance over here and Jesus is my defense attorney. He's kind of got his feet kicked up on the table, you know. He's like, hey, when you're done, because I've already paid for that one. There is no more payment done. Guys, don't buy the lie. Do not buy the lie that you can't come clean. Jesus Christ is absolutely forgiving you. So here's what I want to tell you, man. There's some really key things you need to understand about confession. Number one, you got to take care of your past. I was a Christian for a long time. I was in ministry, holy moly, for maybe 10 years. And I would still feel regret for stuff that I'd done. So some of you need to be free. I want to tell you, there's two things you could do. Some people have literally built a fire. And they have written down everything that they can think of that they've ever done. And they've thrown it in the fire and they watch it burn. I'm, I'm telling you, some of you... Oops. Blue? Check, check. Some of you, some of you need to do that. I didn't light a fire, but I stood by a fireplace one night while I was in seminary. And I imagined that Jesus was standing in front of this huge castle door. And I felt like he held his hands like this. And he said, okay, I want you to think of every single thing that you still feel bad, bad for. And so I just confessed. I said, God, I, I'm so sorry I did this. And I handed it to him. And I pictured Jesus open up this huge door. And he threw it in. And then he slammed it shut. And then he went, done. Next. I sat there for a long time. And I gave him everything I had ever done in my past that I still felt guilty over. And I want to tell you what, man. When you can't think of anything else and everything has been thrown behind the door and Jesus looks at you and goes, it is finished. Some of you need to know that your past is done. Jesus already absorbed it, and you're supposed to be free. Okay? That's the first one. Take care of your past. Secondly, confess quickly. Okay? we got to confess quickly. Now I'm talking about present stuff, everyday stuff. And I, what I've been doing the last six months that has been so helpful is I try, first thing in the morning, is I'll sit down and I'll just kind of pray and get connected with God, and then I go through two questions. I want to encourage you guys to do this, man. First question is this. Ask the Holy Spirit, God, to speak to your heart. Is there anything I did yesterday you didn't want me to do? Is there anything I did yesterday you didn't want me to do? And then walk through your day. And what's so funny, man, sometimes it's blatant. Like you don't even have to, I don't even have to get convicted, I know. But sometimes there's attitudes. Sometimes there's things that were just judgments in your heart and things. And you get to lay them out. And as soon as you confess them right then, he does what? He forgives you and cleanses you. First question, God, Jesus, is there anything I did yesterday you didn't want me to do? Here's the other question. Is there anything I didn't do that you wanted me to do? 
See, the Bible also says, he who knows what is right and doesn't do it sins. So is there anything that he wanted you to do and you said no to him? Go through that practice every day, you guys. And here's what I know. I always tell people, our lives are like golf. Every one of us is aiming for the flag, man. We want to do what's right. And we hit the ball and we're like, yes! No! And then you, how did I end up over in the rough? Why am I in the trees? Why am I in the sand? Well, it didn't start off that way. And here's what I know. If you can confess your sin regularly and quickly before it gets really bad, it can get you right back on track. Take care of your past. Confess quickly. Number three, confess specifically. I've shared this so many times here, but I cannot tell you the difference between saying, Jesus, please forgive me for what I did last night. I've shared this story so many times, but if you're new... Years ago, I did that. I said, please forgive me for what I did Friday. And I swear God said, what'd you do? (laughs) And I'm like, well, you know. And he wouldn't let me go. And I write out my prayers so I can stay focused. And when I wrote down what I did, specifically, the pen dropped from my hand. God doesn't want to forgive you generally. He wants to forgive you specifically. Say it, and you'll feel the weight of your sin. It's so easy to say, please forgive me for my sin. It's a lot harder to say, please forgive me for... Because then his grace will touch exactly what you've done. And the last one is this. Confess to one another. And man, this is hard. This is really hard. This one's really hard. Do you guys know what this one is? It's really hard. I think that's because it's so powerful. There is nothing that I've experienced more. More freedom than what I've confess my sin to another human being. And that person gave me grace back. Now you got to be really careful on this one, man. Because if you confess your sins to a religious person who's judgmental, you'll never want to do that again. But if you confess your sin to someone who knows Jesus, and who's received mercy and grace, and they give you mercy and grace back. I confess stuff in my past that I never thought I'd tell anyone. And when I did, and that person loved me back, the power of that sin broke. It broke. That's why James says, confess your sins to one another and be healed. If you want to get your life back, you guys, What do you believe? What do you believe? Do you believe that if you confess your sin, he'll be faithful and just to forgive you? Now, I want to tell you, that is for those who are Christians, right? This is why you actually have to put your faith in Christ. Because if you don't believe in Jesus, if you don't believe he's the Savior of the world, then if you don't don't want to put your trust in Christ, then what you're saying is, I'm good enough. 
And I, I can handle my own righteousness or unrighteousness. Personally for me, I was like, I am doomed <laughs> if I'm trusting my own righteousness. Because I'm not that good. So this forgiveness thing, again, God does not forgive you because he loves you. His forgiveness comes because he's already punished your sin. So the decision today is to have you put your faith in Christ. Because he says, if you believe in me, then you'll receive me. And as soon as you receive Christ, then you receive the forgiveness. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to be good. You simply got to tell Jesus this morning, I believe in you. I need you to take my punishment. I need to know that I am not ever going to be condemned or punished by God ever. And I want to tell you, I know that's true. And it sets me free. And it can set you free too. So here's what we're going to do. You have to end a day like today by taking communion. Because Jesus said, here's what, for all of you guys who are Christians in here, if you're a Christian, he said, I want you to take communion. I want you to remember me. Because you're going to have a tendency to buy the lie. You're going to buy the lie that you can walk in darkness and have fellowship with me. You're going to buy the lie that you're not really sinning. You're going to buy the lie that you can't come clean. And Jesus goes, don't buy those lies. Remember the truth. And here's the truth, right? I want you to come to one of these stations. He says, and I want you to take this piece of bread. <laughs> I want you to take a piece of bread. And he told these guys, I want you to remember me. This is my body that was broken for you. He goes, I love you so much that I gave my life for you. Take and eat and remember. When I was on the cross, all your sin was in my body. It's done. Secondly, he said, and then here's my blood, and I shed my blood for the forgiveness of your sin. Dip that bread in that juice and remember Jesus. And here's what I want to tell you. If you're not a follower of Christ yet, I, would, I just want to encourage you, just sit and, and, and let the Holy Spirit sit before God and say, God, would you, could you really forgive me for everything I've done wrong? Would you do that? And if you are a Christian, here's what I want to tell you to do. I encourage you so badly. Before you just run and take communion, will you sit before him? And some of you need to confess your sin. You need to lay it out before him this morning and then believe that he's faithful and just to forgive you. And then in light of that truth, walk up, grab the bread, dip it in. Because here's what I know is true, you guys. Jesus takes broken stuff and he heals it. Jesus takes ashes and the Bible says he makes beauty out of ashes. Jesus is a redeemer. He reconciles you back to God so you can get your life back. And if you're guilty, if you're feeling shame today, there's no guilt and there's no shame for anyone who's in Christ. Because Christ has absorbed our sin. And we celebrate him and we worship him and we give him great thanks because we truly believe that when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So whenever you're ready, station here, one right here in the middle, one right here, two in the back, you go and you remember that Jesus Christ forgives you for all of your sin. And let's do it together.